silly is that? What are we talking about? Let's go do basketball. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, basketball fans? Welcome to Hoop Dreams, the basketball podcast on the 8-Bit Collective. I'm your host, John O'Peck, this week, giving Matt Tilby the week off. And joining me, two of the greatest basketball minds we know in Western mm-hmm. society, the Jerry Krause and Masai Jerry of, uh, of the internet. It's Brendan White and special guest Logan Wilkinson. How are you guys doing? Well, I'm, I'm extremely overwhelmed after that introduction. You have uh, <laughs> given us a lot to live up to, and I feel I am going to fail in the very first salvo of this discussion. So uh, I need a minute to gather myself. I don't know how I feel about being the Jerry Krause of a basketball mind here. <laughs> the villain, some might argue, of the last dance of the Michael Jordan era there. Very yeah. conflicted. Or, or is he the hero? Mm. <laughs> He's not the hero, but he's definitely responsible for putting together one of the greatest rosters of all time. So just take it from that perspective. I'd argue the greatest. Yeah. In that anti-hero status, I yeah, think. Yeah, sure. And the reason we're talking about general managers is because we're, we're evaluating talent today. This is a small ball episode that might go a bit longer than usual. But in this extended suspension of the NBA season, we're looking at the top 10 players not of all time. That's a bit too easy. We mm-hmm. picked a very specific time period, the 2000 to 2009 uh, period, basically. So we're looking at this era that, for me, is a bit of a blind spot because you know I was a really big MJ fan. I was a big Bulls fan. And then once he retired, I didn't have that kind of hook to bring me back. And I, I, my interest kind of waned in basketball a little bit, especially after 2000. And it didn't really pick up again until, I guess, the Beijing... I think it was Beijing Olympics in 2008. But, yeah, it, it was it was a strange time in the NBA to adjust without that figure of Jordan. It was before LeBron was ready to pick up the mantelpiece. You had Kobe and Shaq. They, the, I guess they didn't have the, uh, the... I don't know. Maybe it was the dynamism of, of an MJ... It was before the three-point era, the mm-hmm. the league rules and stuff were changing. What do you guys, first of all, remember about this era and how do you look back at it? Vince Sanity for me is, is sort of what I mm-hmm. attach to this this era typically just because I'm a, I'm a Raptors boy and, and have a have a love, hate, or maybe just love neutral these days with Vince <laughs> now that he's off into, off into the distance. So that's what I attach to it. Like even though the the dunk contest sort of is, is sort of at the the bookend of of this era uh it was where my my basketball fandom started to to reach some pretty good heights on the back of a team that i adopted getting a little bit of uh notoriety and, and becoming marginally good uh which which mm-hmm. is something i i uh hold very dear to my heart especially now that we're the the current nba champions humble brag but yeah that's that's what i i recall most of, of this this time piece mm. Logan? it's interesting for me because I, I talked a little bit about it earlier to you john where it's just like this i think is a, a fallow period in basketball history to some degrees where i think the 80s you had like showtime lakers and the bird and magic rivalry and the 90s is mj and everything there and then the 2010s are I think LeBron really flourishing and like winning his titles and it's the three point explosion and the splash brothers and everything. And then mm-hmm. 2000 to 2009 is this weird 
Like it's significantly less like high scoring than the other decades in terms of like team averages and the overall just like NBA point total. It's like way more defensive minded. It's way more kind of physical and slower paced than either decade on either end of it. And the superstars in the decade are also stranger, right? Where like Tim Duncan is one of the dominant presences. And I don't know if Tim Duncan would ever be described as exciting. Um, Like the Kobe and Shaq thing was great and electric but it was weird and different personalities and something mm-hmm. like a Steph or like an MJ or like a magic or bird. Like that's just not the kind of personalities it had. Like Shaq is great. And Shaq is such a dominant presence throughout this decade, but he also peaked in the first three years um, yeah. to where the rest of the decade kind of had to follow that. I think like Tracy McGrady and Vince Carter and all these guys are great players, but this to me is almost the decade of a lot of really, really, really good players who didn't quite hit the heights they maybe should have. Mm. Um, and like Carter and T-Mac and some of the other players are kind of in that category for me. And even making this top 10 list, it's like, man, there is a really great top five. And then a lot of guys who should have arguably been better than they were or should have done more than they did. Perfect way to summarize, I think. Yeah, that's that's a good point. And I think, you know, the league was changing. It was really hard to find a personality. You had guys like Alan Iverson coming in and yeah. shaking things up and, the way that he played also, a lot of people were really big fans of it, but then there was players who maybe couldn't do it quite as well, but they were also going to throw up 30 or 40 shots a game. Mm-hmm. And it, it became very much like uh, wannabe Jordans, putting up mm-hmm. a lot of shots and not being able to really pull it off. Yeah. And, and you touched on, uh, I guess, the personality of Tim Duncan, the dominance of the Spurs throughout a lot of this decade is something that people complained so much about. Like I've learned retrospectively, like they're so boring. They're too good. It's not fun to watch them. And then you had teams like Detroit that were really good and in the East. And they also didn't really have kind of like a standout exciting player. Big shot Billups was there, but he wasn't like an all team first NBA kind of guy in, in the way that, you know, I guess, people are used to seeing like their championship teams have this kind of personality behind them. So yeah, I mean, you also had the malice in the palace and it was just like a, a branding thing for the yeah. NBA where it wasn't as easy as it is now to market, um, especially with the loss of a, a figure like MJ, but let's get into this. I, I was saying to you guys that I don't want to just sit here with basketball reference open and crunch the numbers the whole time. We're going to be talking Uh, You know, based on our research and our memories of these guys and their reputations, just for the sake of some free-flowing discussion. But personally, you guys can uh, talk through how you've come up with yours if you'd like. But for me, I've looked at a a few things to kind of decipher between, you know, should this guy be three or four? Should this guy be seven or eight? And it's, first of all, like general impact in terms of their championships, their reputation, their general ability to win. Secondly, it's like offensive and defensive skill. Then it comes down to efficiency. If someone's averaging like, you know, 39% field goal percentage, they're probably going to get bumped down over someone that has a similar statistics. And then last of all, it's consistency. Like you mentioned Shaq before, not to kind of spoil anything for our list, (laughs) but he he kind of tailed off quite hard Mm -hmm. after, say, like 2006-7. So that's going to penalize you. You know, you got guys like... I guess, uh, Dwayne Wade, who didn't come into the league until a bit later. People like that, maybe like people who might've peaked 
Carmelo Anthony. They might have peaked kind of like 2008-9. It's going to be a bit harder for that guy to rank as high as some of the others. So is that similar to how you guys are looking at this? Yeah, I mean, for me, the way I originally envisioned it even is kind of that point you said, right, where it is Michael Jordan was a phenomenal basketball player in the 1980s, but, like, I wouldn't think of Michael Jordan as the best basketball player in the 80s. That's an MJ, I mean, that's a Magic and a Bird decade. Jordan defines the 90s to me, right? And, like, the example Mm -hmm. I used for this decade was LeBron James um, is not going to be in my top five for this decade because, to me, he defines the decade that comes after this. That's where he Mm -hmm. really flourished. And so I think it's, yeah, the impact they had on this decade, right? So Tim Duncan is an example I can use, won five total titles in his career, but I'm only counting the three he won in this decade when I'm trying to place him on the overall charts here, right? And, like, their impact on this 10-year period, and I think – People like Shaq kind of have a disadvantage of starting their careers in the middle of a nec- like yeah. another decade, and D Wade and LeBron kind of having their start in the middle of the decade, and Melo too, or Chris Paul, or Dwight Howard. But I think ultimately, yeah, for me, the biggest thing is the numbers are important and the stats are important, but just I think the impact they made in the overall league, and also just kind of the eye test and how I personally feel about them. Like if I don't like you. You might just be a spot lower than you should be, maybe, but like you know, it's my it's my list, so like I'm gonna do it. We are gonna try and agree on a list, but we'll see how that yeah. goes. I think it could happen. And I'm I'm similar similar thought process to yourselves. I didn't I didn't go into the the analytical side overly deep. I sort of went with a lot of lot of memories and yeah. sort of attachments to to certain players, good, bad, or otherwise, as well as then sort of just yeah looking at what they had to do with that era, like um, mm. from from a achievements perspective. So yeah, mine, mine's sure. probably a little bit more from the heart and from the hip and that's just how I do things. So deal with it. Oh, yeah. But uh, yeah, that's that's where I'm at. But I'm, I'm excited to chat some, chat some, yeah, 2000s because this was, this was peak for us too. This was uh, pivoting into adulthood for yeah. for, for us. <laughs> so yeah, this, this is where these players and we became men. So mm-hmm. uh, bring it All on. Right. <laughs> All right. So off the top, my number 10 player is Canadian boy wonder Steve Nash. Mm, wow. I'm wondering, I'm wondering if he's cracked it into yours. Two MVPs for this guy. His stats weren't like mind-boggling if you compare them to say like a Steph Curry or someone in an era where people shoot the ball so much more. You know, the assists, he was averaging like 10, 11 assists for a good number of years. Super efficient, which has to be remembered. He was like, I think he might have cracked into the 50, 40, sorry, 50, 40, 90 club as far as field goal, three-point free throw. And yeah, just a a player that became a bit of a phenomenon winning those back-to-back MVPs. Whether or not he was the best player in the league those years, that's another discussion. (laughs) Uh, It's interesting that you have him so low is what I'll say. I have Steve Nash at number seven on my list. Um, For me, Steve Mm. Nash is kind of a harbinger of what's to come in the league. Um, in this time period, like he just, if anything, was like a decade too early in the league. Um, like I think he could really thrive in the game now. Um, he's, mm. I mean, I think Steve Nash and the Phoenix Suns and those like Mike D'Antoni years are among the most exciting things happening in this decade. I mean, they were just a ton of fun to watch. Um, like any time they played on TV, I was thrilled. Uh, they got hosed in at least one playoff series that cost them a title, maybe two. Um, so like, it's very easy to see Steven Nash of the ring. Um, yeah, I mean, Steven Nash is a great player, super exciting. Uh, I, again, I think just 
how he kind of helped to slowly pivot the league to where it would end up today. I, I think he, yeah, he's a great pick. Yeah, I had him at number nine on my list. So yeah, I guess we're all pretty sure. similar. You know, we've got a 10, we've got a nine, we've got an eight. Okay. And yeah, just, just mirroring exactly what you guys said. I, like, I used to love watching him and, and peak, peak Amari before yes. the Knicks and then China and wherever else he ended up playing uh, at the tail end of his career. And even today, I think he's still running around in Europe of all places. But watching those two together was phenomenal. And, and that was sort of peak Nash for me. Like, he was just taken yeah. people apart with his dribble uh you know one of the mm-hmm. best three-pointers in the league at the time he was averaging what i think it was 43 odd percent something like that uh during the 2000s of the three and um yeah first non-american to win the mvp you know i think that's mm-hmm. no small feat in itself uh yeah I've- i'm guessing obviously we- we've got uh giannis nowadays and, and luca's probably on the short list in the next couple of years to pick that up too but yeah steve nash was the the one that uh blazed that path so yeah the one for me too for Nash is just the fact that like, man, that like Steve Nash and Mari and like that D'Antoni system is like, I think still my favorite Mike D'Antoni run team, like even more than the Rockets nowadays. Cause that's just essentially James Harden and four of the guys like the, that team gelled so well together. Like there was such a mm. great collective, I think. Um, and it is just such a like tragedy. He never got his ring. Such a better Suns team to watch than this Devin Booker crap yes. these days. Am I yes. right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess the knock on Nash is that the best team he was part of, and it, it was that 2010 roster that went to the conference finals and just mm-hmm. got pipped by, um, you know, a, a Ron Artest put back in like yep. game six that led to a game seven. And they never, I don't think, they, they never went to the finals. So oh. he, you can't say that he was a, the guy that was going to take everyone all the way. Uh, not even to a championship, but to a final series. And, you know, when when you're getting into a top 10, you have to be, I think you have to kind of be as petty as saying he never made it there. So that's that's how I justified my 10. But uh, let's go around and see what other people had as their number 10. Brendan? I, I had Chris Webber. Just, um, Whoa, like, he was a tough okay. one. Like he, he was like, similar with you, Logan, I had a few guys that are sort of on, on that cusp of 10 that you could interchange depending on how you're feeling. And, and just with, with basketball, typically I gravitate towards the big guys that just love Duncan and, um, <laughs> Weber, Weber was doing that, uh, through, through the two thousands, like, uh, all-star big man, you know, uh, forward center sort of hybrid, but he could just run both ends of the floor played with an intensity uh, that that I just fell in love with straight off the bat. You know, four-time All-Star, uh, first team one year as well. Obviously, never never sort of got any any sort of um, championships or anything like that off the back end of himself, but just just a good ring defender, uh, good good presence, good intimidation factor. And that's, that's one thing I loved about him and just, yeah, a lot of highlight reel posters. And uh, Weber, I just wanted to give him some love because he was one of the first jerseys I ever got as a kid. And... Uh, mm. He has a very special spot near and dear to my heart and uh, just big, strong bangers. That's that's my MO for basketball. So, so Weber, <laughs> you, you're gonna get you're gonna get ten. I could have swapped him out with five or six other guys, but I thought I'd thought I'd chuck him in there just as a little, you know, emotional reflection. Yeah, it's nice to give him a, a shout out. Yeah. I couldn't I couldn't get him into my well, even into my top twenty, unfortunately. Oh, just damn. because he he, he definitely had some career years in Sacramento and t- yeah. taking those teams to kind of the conference finals. But he trailed off after 2006 completely. Like he had a 20-point season and then it was down to like 11 points a game for the remainder of his career. 
retiring in 2008. So uh, like the same issue that I, as I mentioned with Shaq, like I just couldn't include someone that only was relevant for half of the decade, even though he was fantastic. I'm curious if where you put Shaq then, like no one now, like is just sort of this, this foreboding, <laughs> ominous shit you're throwing towards the, yeah, towards he's Diesel. He's not in my top 10. He's, he's not, not in your in top, top 10. 10. He's not in your no. top 10? What? No. Whoa. <laughs> that's that's wild. We'll get to that. Yeah. Later on the list for sure then. Um, but Weber is just a bad mother effer. Like he's mm. just a guy who like will just slug you in the face and then just dunk on your body and walk away. Like he, he's got no sort of, I think remorse about it at all. And like those Kings te- again, in a recurring theme of this decade, perhaps those King teams, a got hosed in the playoffs. Like I think of like the O2 series in particular, the Lakers were like, they just straight up got robbed um on some of those calls on on basically like an entire game in game six um yeah weber is a great pick he's not in my top 10 um and i don't know if he would make my top 15 probably just be out of that but chris weber is a fantastic pick and like i almost want to oh man i'm i'd almost rather lean to weber than like so like because i picked if we're going to just go to mine like i picked dwight howard and the thing about dwight howard is that I don't like Dwight Howard. Ooh, I don't want him on this yeah. list. But he's just somebody who I think from 2005 to like 2012 maybe, which is again yeah. after this decade cutoff, is probably the best center in the league, which is also I think a comment on the lack of good centers in the league in this point in time. Mm. But I mean, I, I'm much more enamored with the Chris Webber pick than I am a Dwight Howard pick. Like I, obviously mm. now I need to know who – like is number nine on your all's list because one of you doesn't even have Shaq, which is still blowing my mind. That's insane um, to me. But yeah, so like, I, 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 might, I might have um, I might have weighted consistency more than you guys. <laughs> yeah. The like Shaq, maybe I can put him as my number ten instead of Nash. But uh, <laughs> so he never averaged more than twenty points a game after two thousand and six. Mm-hmm. It dropped off pretty quickly. And it, if you remember watching him play in uh, Phoenix and Cleveland and even Boston, like it, it wasn't Shaq. Like it was, mm-hmm. he was slow, he was unfit. And, you know, he could still put a highlight up now and then, but he was a, a bit of a liability on defense. And it just wasn't, you know, um, he. the thing going for him is that he was so dominant for those, I guess, first three years of the decade. But mm-hmm. yeah, we, we can get to Shaq when he comes into yeah. your list. But that's my knock against him. My number nine is Allen Iverson. Oh, wow. Oh, Again, wow. lower than Damn. I have on my list. Yeah. <laughs> I have this AI number five on thing. my list. We, we know AI was a phenomenon, mm-hmm. but he was a ball hog. And he... Oh, yeah. He he did not put up consistent numbers and he definitely didn't excel for the entirety of the decade. Mm-hmm. He obviously peaked in kind of that 2001 with the championship run to the finals. But even at his peak, he was kind of averaging like a, a 41%, kind of 42% field goal percentage. And on this list with the people that I've got ahead of him, I just couldn't put him any higher. Despite the you know, the phenomenon that he was, the sensation that he was in terms of the culture and the popularity. 
yeah, I just I just couldn't do it. And I, I was never a, an AI guy because, I, mm. as I mentioned, I kind of missed some of this era. Definitely admire what he could do at his height. That was mm. probably one of the things that people felt like they could relate to him. But you can't make your way up my list just because you're small. Sorry. <laughs> God, elitist. No, I had him at five as well. Like Iverson, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he was he was phenomenal, and he 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 brought in this like sort of i don't know this this don't give a fuck type of mentality in in the 2000s and yeah like six foot if he's six foot i'm probably six five so uh (laughs) yeah like he was just this little pit bull of a man and yeah like he's like you you look at his accomplishments you you can't debate any of that like 10 time all-star through the entirety of that decade uh steals shots yeah he did he did obviously try and get his own all the time but uh he did well, and then when they sort of shifted him and, and let him play like a little bit of little little bit of the two at that height was just insane. Like Larry Brown mixing things up, and um, yeah, sort of he, he's just just a, a tough little man. His crossover is no joke. One of the best the best I've ever seen, and yeah, just just clutch. And the fact that at his size he'd just go to the rim whenever he wanted for for someone that small was just a testament to the toughness of him and, and yeah i got him i got him at five and and i think that's justified like he did phenomenally during that that run and yeah sort of tape it off at the back end but you look at his stats and you look at what he did with some of the teams he played on and yeah i'm, I'm giving giving some kudos to uh to, to to the man with the cornrows and the tats and that uh fu attitude i mean he he averaged 28.8 points a game for the entire decade um like he AI has the things that are wrong with his game and the thing that are wrong with kind of him as a person, but like in terms of just pure scoring ability, I I think there's only one person I depict above Allen Iverson in this decade. Um, like he's just a, I mean, he's like the George Gervin almost of this, this decade where he's just all about scoring. He's going to just pour the points on you. Like he had multiple seasons averaging over 30 points a game. Like he's just a, physical freak who routinely outperformed his like talent and skill level like he had no reason to be as good as he was he had no reason to be as in your face talented he like constantly i i felt like over exceeded expectations like the the nba finals team that he brought to the finals he brought kicking and screaming basically like they they got there and like spied everybody else like yeah. that team was not Old busted matombo and stuff like that yeah, beside like... him like he had no real t1 talent beside him in their peak it was him and then just a bunch of formers really and even and even still like they obviously lost that series in five games but like it wasn't because of alan iverson Alan iverson had like a 40 point game multiple 30 point game in the series like he gave it everything he had and i think in terms of again like the impact on the league as a whole like Allen Iverson, the first five or six years of this decade, just loomed so large, and I think changed the way players kind of carried themselves a little bit. Mm. Um, like they, I feel like they became less buttoned down um, mm. with the kind of introduction of Allen Iverson and Kobe and some of those guys, and also just like he made, oh man, he made basketball cool. Like he, oh, like yeah. that's the thing. Like he's just a cool guy. The so swagger I, I, he I, I had, sure. and just for. Yeah. For a guy who was literally a, a little man among giants on the court, like he, mm-hmm. he didn't play like that. He played like he was yep. seven foot five. Like yep. I, I loved that that tenaciousness that he had, and yeah, he's just a dude. And it yeah, for you to chuck him in at nine, Jono. Yeah, your shame. list concerns me. I'm I'm worried about your list. 
Well, do, do you guys not care about defense? Because Iverson wasn't playing any of that. Oh, he Neither was a was... decent defender. And he was a he's steals not, leader. What, he's not three, number one. Three times on steals leader? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's going to get you, a t- again, like three times steals leader. don't, yeah. Uh, I don't rate steals when I'm measuring someone's defense. But <laughs> you just a high number just... eight is my worry now then. So the, the next guy I have is someone that excelled in more than just one stat, like, uh, oh. like Iverson. It's it's Dirk Nowitzki. Wow. So I had Dirk, you know, the German wonderkind. Mm-hmm. He, he came in and he averaged kind of between 22 and 27 points for the entire decade. You know, mm-hmm. he took a team to the finals, just like AI. And he also grabbed kind of eight to 10 rebounds a game. Yeah. For, and, and with a, with an amazing efficiency, like over fifty percent uh, for for part of the um, for part of the decade, which is phenomenal for someone that's putting up such you know high point totals. That's like you know ten percent better than Iverson for me. So I that's why I had him above AI. Mm. Yeah. I have Dirk at number four actually on my list. Okay, um, I, 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 I really nine like Dirk. for me. Um, like Dirk to me, he's such a, he, he's essentially the German Tim Duncan. Like he's just clinical. Like he's mm. just going to get you 20 and 10 basically every night, um, for a decade. Um, that the season where they obviously made it to the finals against the heat and lost, I think what's lost in that is the fact that the actual regular season and really all the way up until the finals, Dirk was incredible that year. Like that was his MVP winning season and. Yeah. He he was just fantastic. He was so talented. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I think he eventually got his ring and everything. But I, I think Dirk is one of those guys who I constantly feel like is underappreciated um, and, like, not talked about enough. Again, kind of because he isn't flashy, he isn't showy, he just goes in and gets the job done and will get you 55 wins a year, 20 points, 10 boards. Um I, yeah, I, I love Dirk, so I, I actually have him higher on my list. Yeah, Interesting, yeah. I, I guess the knock for Dirk, similar to AI, was the defensive liability and mm. that he was not going to be able to really get in the way of a guy like KG or Chris Webber sure. in, in his prime. So that was something I used to, to bump him down. But, um, Brendan, you said you had him at nine, which reminds me we didn't go through the nine. So what what, <laughs> what did you have for for um yeah for Dirk? Like what what's your thoughts on him? Yeah, similar similar to what you guys just touched on. Really, like he was he was the definition of consistency through that era. Like he'd he'd give you twenty three plus a game and and yeah anywhere from eight to ten boards. Like he was a hell of a player. Decent shooting percentage, like forty seven percent, and then nearly forty percent from three. Like. Yeah, he, he spent a lot of time out on the perimeter. So yeah, he's not going to win any any defensive awards by any stretch of the imagination. But he did a lot for Euroball in the NBA, mm. which yeah. is sort of mm. one of the other things that could have maybe bumped him a little bit higher because he was one of those foundation pieces to sort of open the floodgates for more for more Euros to come in. And, and probably the, the reason my stupid Raptors dra- drafted Andrea Bagnani at first overall instead of LaMarcus <laughs> Aldridge back in the day as well because they thought he was going to be the next Dirk but um yeah he oh, just man. how many people have been the next Dirk, Dirk as the next Dirk yeah. and just failed like as yeah. a Bulls fan we've just had like a couple of them in Miritich and and Markinen Markinen it's like come on hit one of them yes please it's crazy too because Miritich I thought he had a chance to be something and then he just got scrubbed out of the league so quick like he went from a 
almost a foundational piece potentially to a, a starting stretch four and then bench player yeah. and then just a healthy scratch like i don't know what's happened there but anyway it's discussion for another <laughs> day <laughs> yeah but just just i love dirk he, he's such a such a smooth shot and um yeah just the definition of consistency from from what i hear good teammate you know he interviews mm-hmm. well just just a positive influence on the league i and um just loved him just loved him and it was great to see him get a get a championship in in the early 2010s after yeah. after years of being a, a good soldier for for the Mavs, like obviously, I think it was what he led them to nine finals appearances during Playoffs, the 2000s. Yeah. So they were a consistent, decent team. Couldn't get over the hump, but hell of a player, hell of a player. Uh, Logan, what did you have for number nine? I had one LeBron James at number nine. Um, yeah, right. I, I think <laughs> I think for me, um, Part of the argument is similar to what you kind of have said for Shaq, where he just he just was missing three years for starters. Um, and part of it was the fact that I, I think his decade again that defines him is the one that's going to come after this. But also, LeBron didn't make the playoffs his first two or three years. Um, he made one finals appearance in this decade, right? Like... If you look at it purely from the prism of this decade, like LeBron is an incredibly talented player who just couldn't perform in the playoffs, right? But again, like I feel like it's it's almost hilarious at this point, but for more than half of LeBron's career, their narrative was he just couldn't get it done. Um, and this mm. is kind of the these were this is the time period in particular where like that really developed, right? Like he went and like would lose the magic in the conference finals. He like they they just could never really do it and i think for me part of that is on lebron also the fact that like those Cavs teams are bad and i understand that but like i i think part of it's like lebron not really delivering the playoffs a lot of the times um and a lot again like a lot of his best numbers are going to be the 10 years following this decade and also just like I'm not a LeBron guy that much. And so like, I'm going to push him a little bit lower because of that. Cause I think some of the guys I have on my list, I enjoy more and I'm more aesthetically busy, but yeah, LeBron James is my number nine. Damn. Interesting. Interesting. I had LeBron a way higher. I think I had him at number four in my list. Mm. And you know, as I said, I do penalize people for not playing the entirety of the decade, but he had three, four, five, six, he had six seasons and I think five of them, or maybe all of them, he was an all-star. Not that all-star sure. is really a, a badge of, of skill all the time. But he averaged about 27 points for his whole decade, yeah. which is obviously fantastic. Pretty efficient guy, as we know. And he did lead his Cavs to the finals against the Spurs in 2007. And I think he won two of his MVPs in this decade. So He did, yeah. That is why I think it's hard to put him as low as you have. Uh, but it's, you know, maybe I put him a bit too high and, and you can balance that out. Where did you have it, Brendan, as maybe the tiebreaker? Yeah, I, I had him at yeah. six. Oh, I, wow. That's perfect. I wanted to yeah. bump him higher. Uh, but yeah, the fact that he didn't start till 2004, I, I kind of had to asterisk it a little bit. Like, yeah. No, he, he didn't asterisk it for Weber though. Oh, 10. I think 10's all right. 10's all right. And, and <laughs> Weber played to what? Oh, eight. So he only missed a couple of seasons. So uh, sure. that's, that's, that's two more uh, Bron missed compared to Weber. But... Yeah, I, I wanted to put him higher just because of the impact that he made on the game, obviously, and the fact that he he was one of these few players that lived up to that hype. You know, you hear mm. the the next MJ 
uh, stories coming out from from high school and, and college and whatever else for players time and time and time again but lebron mm. right from the jump was phenomenal you know he's, he's never going to be the next mj and i'm not going to certainly get involved in that kind of debate with with a couple of chicago boy <laughs> fanboys here for sure i'm going to keep the gloves in the back back there but uh yeah he's just his impact on the game was insane um and the fact that he played both ends of the floor uh you, you look at his stats like as you said Jono, like over 27 points seven rebounds nearly seven assists 1.8 steals at 47 percent on on the shooting clip like that is that is some yeah. phenomenal all-around mm. amazingness from a dude who still plays at a substantial level bloody 20 years on almost mm. from um, yeah. when he cracked the league like he's a special player if you take away his rookie season he's literally averaged like around that 27 7 8 kind of st- stat line for his whole career which is pretty phenomenal yeah which which is insane and like um the, the fact that he wasn't just known for offense like he could defend like he was yeah. all offense one year five times all nba in that in that period scoring champion in there so he, he is a player that can do it all and He's just a good, good dude. Like I know, I know Logan sort of mentioned he's not very, not a big fan of of LeBron, but I just love the guy. I love him as a person. I love him as a player, and I feel for him in those early Cavs years because just like Iverson, he had nothing around him. Yeah. Like Carlos Boozer, <laughs> he had nothing. for twelve seconds, and then he left for Utah. Like if he stuck around, they could have could have been a little bit more of a of a show during those two thousands. But instead, he just had a half-eaten sandwich and a flat glass of Coke with him for the most mm. time and um, still did yeah. exceptionally well. So, yeah, Bron, love you, mate. King James. Yeah, I think you could argue that his prime lasted as long in, in the 2000s as a guy like AI or Lebr- or Shaq, who you guys mm-hmm. have rated higher than me. So that's, that's another thing going in his favor. But also, like, the MJ comparison that you made before Logan, like, in the 80s, Sure, he's a, he's a 90s guy the way that LeBron is a 2010s guy and Jordan only played for like five or six years in six the years, yeah. 80s if you include the, the season he missed with the injury. But um, I think if you said, oh, Michael Jordan's my ninth guy of the 80s, you'd be like, are you serious? He, he was phenomenal. You know, his teams didn't always win in the playoffs or whatever. So I think that's like the comparison that I'm going to make as to sure. justif- justifying why I had him so high. I think it's a totally justifiable comparison. And I, again, in a lot of ways, I think the comparison is apt. The The exception, I would argue, is that like LeBron never averaged 37 points in a season and had over 37 Correct. points. Like, MJ's total in those 80 years when he was just like him by himself and like a couple other guys are just like, we're absolutely... Like, he had the highest growing season of all time that wasn't Wilt Chamberlain playing against a bunch of yeah. white guys. So it's like... He, you know, he was on a whole other level. I just want to take this opportunity to remind everyone out there that Brendan predicted James Harden would average 40 points in this current NBA season. Mm-hmm. Season's not over yet, I guess, technically, so it's possible. Yeah, but, but uh, unlikely. Just want everyone to remember that. Yeah, thanks, man. That's a bold... <laughs> I didn't know. That's a bold prediction from you. Wow. He was on his way. But, he, was. Uh, he was doing it for about a month, wasn't he? Yeah. Anyway, we'll get back on track here. What did you guys have for number... <laughs> Eight is it? Mm-hmm. Uh, I have one Dwayne Wade. Um, mm-hmm. For me, I I spent more time on this list looking at Dwayne and LeBron and comparing who I wanted higher than any <laughs> other part of this entire list because I knew they'd each be like around the same like level, like seven, eight, nine, kind of on the thing for me. 
Um, Dwayne Wade and LeBron's statistics are very similar throughout this entire period. Um, like they, LeBron obviously had more rebounds. Wade had more steals. Their points totals are completely interchangeable. Um, and so it just became a thing of like, all right, like I got to look beyond that. And for me, it was Wade got the ring and really just that entire like 06 postseason, Wade was on like a whole other level. Um, yeah. Like in particular in the finals where he, I, I wrote it down, like averaged 34 points a game, uh, 7.8 boards, shot 46%, had four assists and three steals a game basically in the finals. Um, and did it as a 24-year-old kid. And I was just like, he was just on a whole another planet at that team. And, like, he was putting up those numbers as Shaq had his last good season, basically. Um, and it was just absolutely just crushed the heart of every Dallas Mavericks fan. Um, and really that entire 06 postseason, he was on another level. And so that, to me, the the fact that he had a few more postseason appearances than LeBron, I believe he had two more um, in the ring, ultimately just kind of nudged him ahead of LeBron James. And also for the fact that like, I'll admit my bias. I love Dwayne Wade. Like, I think he's just a super fun player and he's a, he's a great dude and has remained so all the way through his entire career. Um, but like as 2009 ended, I would argue it is not ridiculous to say that Dwayne Wade is on the same level as LeBron James at that point in time. Um, and obviously where the careers go from there are going to diverge very differently, but they're pretty much contemporaries. I'd argue at that point. And so, I had him a bit higher, actually. I had him at number six. Mm. And I guess the main knock on him is that it was, as you said, uh, a short decade, just like the five years or six years. It's hard hard to (laughs) calculate because you got the kind of like the nine slash ten. So it's like, what do you include? But yeah, yeah, he he closed out the decade averaging 30 points, (sighs) 7.5 assists and five rebounds which yeah. is fantastic when you, you factor in you know he's also shooting that at 49 at percent, which is much higher than a guy like kobe who mm-hmm. was probably you know putting up some similar numbers at 39 throughout the yeah. decade yeah so yeah i really think wade was a, wade. one of the fantastic players of the decade and hard to ignore um the playoff run that you mentioned that's probably the closest thing we'll get to someone emulating MJ in mm. the finals, mm. the way he put the team on his back yeah. and just, just, he just went out and won. <laughs> he just went <laughs> yeah. out and won games. Yeah. And, and that's, that's awesome. That's what you want to see from a young guy. And he kept that level of play up for a few years. So yeah. And, and, and notoriously one of the best defending guards, Hell. one of the best shot blocking guards we've had in the NBA uh, for quite a while. So I yeah, I had him at number six. Mm. Brendan? Yeah, I had him I had him um at seven. So oh, perfect. Uh, yeah, agreement with with you guys, like he, he's just a was a hell of a player to watch. Like obviously came out the same year, like in that stack two thousand and four drafts, uh, with, with LeBron and, and Bosch and Mello and and so on and so forth. And I just the thing I love most about Dwayne Wade is he just puts his body on the line like he played with like it's reckless abandon but it felt like it was so controlled at the same time like he'd just Mm. be throwing himself into people without fear of injury and i love that grit and determination he had and and yeah for him to do what he did in that final series as you mentioned like it was it was a thing of beauty to watch and hell of a player like it was a shame to sort of see his body 
break down a little bit over the mm. over the you know the, this this decade or the previous decade we we're in now that we're in the 2020s but um yeah i i loved 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 yeah. everything he did on the court and and yeah heat heat to you know miami heat to the core and, and made that team relevant and uh put them back on the map and yeah him and him and shack were, were a thing to watch like obviously shack was on the on the downhill by then but they were still a very formidable duo uh in in sort of that 2000s period when they were together and yeah he, he surely sorely missed i I love love me some wade also a chicago yeah. boy so that also helps him out <laughs> <laughs> yeah we, we were trying to get the season that he actually played in chicago but, uh, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> so the next guy on my list and i'm curious where he's on yours is tracy mcgrady he was he was an honorable mention for me. He was an honorable mention for me as Ooh, well. He, okay. I, I was tossing him up at number ten. Yep. Um, and it was tough for me because uh, I, I had a little bit of ill will for him being a being a Raptors boy and cousin of Vince. You know, they're they're part of the same uh, corrupted family that just wanted to get out <laughs> of Toronto at any any chance they could. But he he was one of the premier shooting guards for for that two thousands period and. Um, phenomenal player right from the jump like seven-time all-star seven-time all-nba two-time scoring champion uh just sucked to see him flourish and become something really really special when he jumped across to the magic and then then sort of some time with the rockets at the back end there but yeah he he was a guy i toyed with at 10 and he's probably more deserving to be there than someone like weber to be completely honest but <laughs> i just thought you know what for disrespecting my franchise the way you did you, you're on my honorables mate I see the, i see it's it's personal yeah the thing for me for t-mac is that i feel like for me i have kobe and i have alan iverson who are very much shoot first ask questions later kind of players and t-mac always felt like the third best out of that trio um and so i, I just didn't feel right having three of the same guys on the same list especially with i think the kind of diversity of places i wanted to have um, Tracy McGrady's great. Though. Let's just be clear. Like the mid two thousands, Tracy McGrady, like Magic and Rockets, just bananas. Like mm-hmm. one of the most fun, I think, energetic, entertaining players in the entire period. Um, his weird like frenemyship with Vince Carter, I loved. Uh, it was great. Uh, yeah, just everything about T Mac. I yeah, I'm a big fan of. Yeah, so this is a, an interesting one. I'm, I'm kind of surprised that he hasn't made it into your lists at all. Uh, we're talking two All NBA first teams, so that's uh, meaning he was in the top two guards in the league. I guess led the league in scoring for a bunch of years, back to back years in two thousand three, two thousand four. Thirty two points a game. You know, in a time where you know we mentioned the pace of the league, that's damn impressive. Yeah, and to put up those high numbers from two thousand all the way to his peak in or his tail in kind of 08 i knew i said i wasn't going to be looking at basketball reference but i have to for this yeah. one well the average what tw- 25 and 5 for the whole decade which is phenomenal in itself like not many players are doing that so uh that's that's a hell of an accomplishment but yeah i'm, I'm yeah. just downvoting him because he he did my raptors like that it's personal yeah i mean yeah so it was a it was kind of around 25 points a game for like a good six years and up to 30 points for, for a couple. So I, I just think for a guy that's also grabbing a few more rebounds than uh, a guy like Iverson and a much better defender, like he was one of the, one of the best guys out there at his position for 
at least a, a couple seasons. Mm-hmm. The efficiency is what knocked him down for me. He had kind of a similar kind of clip <laughs> to Iverson as far as the being the 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 gunner. So that's why I didn't put him higher. But um, yeah, okay. So he's gonna be probably not squeaking into at least past number ten if he mm-hmm. ends up on the list long term. If you had to pick a number, because I'm actually doing some averages, where would you have him on your um, kind of top twenty? He's probably eleven ish for He's me. Probably 11, 12. Yeah, eleven twelve. Okay. Yeah. yeah, sure. I'll put down eleven just for. <laughs> I, I, I realized it's going to be really hard to actually rank these at the end, so I just figured we would um, do an average. It's it's tough because like you, you look at some of the guys like that aren't on the list, like spoilers. Like you look at Ray Allen, Paul Pierce, for example. Yeah. They, they aren't on the list either and, and <laughs> they had some phenomenal success during during that decade and yet McGrady like it's no it's no shot at them like they're they're still fantastic players and they're still firmly in the top 20 top 15 but there was just some players that just felt like they stood head and shoulders above the rest overall for that decade which I'm guessing we're probably going to have pretty similar final fours or maybe yeah. maybe well Jono's the outlier with his, yeah. with his shack takes but i think logan and i are going to be on a, on a pretty similar wavelength i think mm-hmm. with with how the the final four plays out i can't believe you don't have paul pierce in your top 10 but okay uh <laughs> let's go 10 9 8 7 6 what do you guys have uh for the your next one well i had lebron at six and then ai at five so i'm sort of said my yep. pieces for the next few so i'm just uh sitting on the bench drinking some water <laughs> i i had kevin garnett at number six for me Ooh. um okay let's hear it yeah i mean he won the ring in 08 obviously with the celtics but aside from that like garnett is again another guy for me who just would put up 20 and 10 for most of the decade um he could be the dominant like star shooter if the team needed him to be like obviously with the timberwolves and then when he kind of went and formed the the first big three with the Celtics, he shared the load more with um, Pierce and Allen, and obviously kind of his points per game numbers went down a little bit, although his rebounded went actually up quite a bit. Um, I think he's just, again, this decade to me is a decade of like mean mother effers, and he is right up there with Allen Iverson, Chris Webber, and these kind of likes like, Kevin Garnett is like an infamous or famous uh, trash talker, like a god dear like trash talk up there, like MJ and Bird and these kind of guys. Mm-hmm. And he's just angry. He's just always, I feel like, on that boiling edge of about to like rip somebody's head off. And I loved it. Like I think there are a few guys better to have in a locker room than Kevin Garnett. Like if we were building like a starting five of this decade, I would unquestionably have Garnett in my starting five. I just think he brings something special to every team he's on. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think another recurring trend of this decade is players making these teams better than they should have been. Um, and those Timberwolf teams had no right being in the conference finals like they were. Um, and I think he just elevated everybody around him, which is what I want from like a kind of all-star great great player and i think that was kevin garnett to the team interesting yeah he was four Where'd for me him, i had him at yeah. four and mm-hmm. um just just sort of yeah. piggybacking on the on the back of what logan said like he he was feisty and competitive <laughs> yeah. and he's just he had this hunger and and just energy level that that's still very uncommon today like 
you wouldn't cross the big man and he had a great jumper, could play at yes. both ends of the floor, like all defensive team, uh, for all defensive first team eight times in 10 years yep. Um, yep. and 10 times all NBA during that entire decade. Like he was just the model of consistency for that era and yeah, converted the trash Timberwolves into mm-hmm. something of a decent team, like dragged him into the finals and they had no reason to be there. Obviously got his, got his ring when um, got shipped over to Beantown there. But he was just something like straight out of, he was one of these cop uh, players straight out of high school that just made the transition seamless. Like he looked like a man amongst men straight off the bat as a, as a, like a little rangy high schooler straight into the league and just like looked like he belonged straight away. And um, yeah, I, I love him. I love the, the passion that he brought and the determination and yeah, just that toughness. I just love tough dudes because maybe I'm not a tough dude. So maybe I just live vicariously through players like this. <laughs> He Garnet too is a great one for me of like he's just I don't like he to me is like a kind of player who has that X factor, right? Like he A, he was one of the first wave players who really made the jump from high school to mm. the pros. Like he was a like pioneer in that along with that Kobe and that kind of class and I don't I just think I would pick Kevin Garnett over almost any other player in this like e- even it's that thing for me where like I have met six and even I'm like I looking at the smell like i'm like i should have him higher than i do like i should have met four like i have him i have iverson and dirk ahead of him and i'm like is that right like i went back and forth about garnett so much and like he's just such a talented player and like to the point where i think we haven't talked a lot about like defensive powerhouses but like i would argue he's maybe the best defensive player or certainly up there of the decade. Like he's just consistent. He is ferocious on mm-hmm. defense to the point where he like, he will just absolutely murder you. Um, I, yeah, I just, I think Kevin Grant is such a great player. hundred percent. And, and a decent actor. <laughs> Who <would've thought? laughs> yeah. 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 I actually had him at uh, number three on Ooh. my list. So yeah, there we go. A bit higher, a bit higher than Brendan. I obviously am rating defense quite highly and it's a, a big part of, of um, you know, being a, a championship quality team is, is defense. And this is a guy who instills an attitude like none other, mm-hmm. I think, as far as a mindset like that he brought to the Celtics and that he probably wasn't quite able to bring to the Timberwolves or maybe they just didn't have the talent to pull it off. But his MVP season in um in minnesota is like amazing it's one of the the great seasons for a power forward ever and if not for tim duncan i guess you'd you'd probably say he was the best power forward yeah oh yeah of the decade and and possibly of the entire past two decades Mm -hmm. and you know similar to iverson he did taper off towards the end of the decade but he's still um you know a really valuable guy to have on your roster and took Boston, you know, they were through to the playoffs and causing trouble for LeBron right up until the end of the decade. So I can't speak highly enough of this guy who was literally doing it on both ends, as Brendan mentioned, one of the best defensive guys, super efficient on offense, and maybe it was a bit harder to get a bucket in clutch compared to your flashier guys like Iverson and... uh, even Dirk, I guess, with his jump shot um, proficiency. But I got KG there, and I've got no reservations about it at all. For me, so first off, 
I'm I'm caught an audible on the, the fly and have I'm moving him up to four on my list anyway. Okay. I'm doing it. <laughs> Dirk is at yeah, six. Yeah. He's at four. I I love Kevin Garnett. Um, okay. But it's also I'll that, adjust. It's also a thing for me of KG is like those Timberwolves teams and those playoff battles they had. Like they're like their years were just like how did they do? Like how did they even get this? Like it's at like. When I say he played with a bunch of sticks, like he played with a bunch of absolute trash on those teams in Minnesota, and he did it for so many years. Like he was so loyal to that like thing, and like one of the great I think what ifs of like NBA history is like is what if he had gone to the Spurs and Tim Duncan had gone to the Minnesota Timberwolves kind of thing, and it's like I don't know. Like I I think if I think Kevin Garnett is an all time great player regardless of being on the fact of that he was in Mr. Timberwolves for the bulk of his prime. But I think if Tim Duncan is in the Timberwolves and Kevin Garnett goes to the Spurs, like I think we're talking about, again, it's Kevin Garnett with five rings. Like I think mm-hmm. that organization <laughs> is like so good. Like I don't like, they're such great players and it's such a great what if. And like they, they're obviously very different personality wise and what they bring to a team. But Kevin Garnett is great. Sure. Uh, so the next guy I have on my list is one Paul Pierce. Wow! I had I had at number six. Wow! So I know I'll give you a chance to to give him a knock, Brendan, since he wasn't in your top ten. But throughout the 2010s, Paul Pierce kind of, you know, he held the ship. He held the he held he held the fort down in Boston until the arrival of uh, Garnett and Ray Allen. He averaged similar to I guess T Mac and even uh, Dirk, like around that 25, 26 points a game for pretty much the whole decade, which is phenomenal. And he was doing it in other areas on the court too. You know, he was grabbing six or seven rebounds, which is elite for a small forward. And getting kind of like four or five assists a game, it's it's almost like if you just look at the numbers, it's very LeBron esque. Mm. And he was a guy that kind of is an early candidate for bringing in that three point shooting era for for the kind of wings, a guy that can do a bit of everything. So I think with with the efficiency that's again higher than a guy like AI, it's higher than a guy like T Mac. Uh, that's the reason that I've got in there. I can't really think of a knock against him. Mm. not to have him in here mm. uh but i guess we'll have to see who you guys have to to i guess justify why he's not there but that's why he's in my list so high i even bumped him up i did originally have him uh lower than wade but i thought no nah, I-, I gotta bump him up for that consistency through the entire decade yeah like it's it's a tough one to debate like and i think it just is a testament to the the players from that decade as well like I'd say 15 through to potentially eight could be all interchangeable depending on the strength of the debate or what you're focusing on. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and Pierce was a fantastic stalwart for Boston and, he, and he's one of the top 10 Celtics players of all time. I don't have any doubt about that. But I think because he wasn't as uh, amazing athletically as some mm-hmm. of the other guys that are still to come on this list and some that we've talked about, I think that probably pegs him a little bit for me like yeah his stats stats are fantastic and and hell of a shooter yeah don't get me wrong yeah. and and he's clutch and and has clutch, a great yeah. stroke and hell of a player but i guess boston just existed in that era until yeah. the big trade 
So, mm. yeah, they were consistent and they were a decent team, but they didn't get over the hump until until the big trade and, and bringing in bringing in Allen and, and KG and, and Doc to, to make something special happen in, in Boston there. So that's my my sort of bad grapes towards it. Like, And it's tough because he's a hell of a player. <laughs> like, uh, And you can't debate his career. Like, Fantastic player, seven-time All-Star, NBA All-Second and Third Team uh, a few years there as well. So model of consistency, but there's just a few guys on this list to come because I, I think I'm sort of now just going to be talking about my top three i think everyone else has been sort of knocked off my list and yeah he's is no way in hell he's going to go above it any of the guys in my top three here so uh yeah still love the guy hell of a player but just couldn't find a fit you know he could right. he could go in above weber for sure but everyone else in my top 10 there i think is pretty locked it's it's the thing for me of brennan just kind of touching on where it's like i think numbers like seven to eight to like 13 14 15 are all kind of you can mix and match pretty well, I think. Um, I would probably have Paul Pierce at, like, number 13 um, for me, personally. Um, I think he is a great player. I think he's super talented. He's, like, as just a pure shooter, I love... Like, I can just watch him take a shot every day of the week because he's a beautiful shot. The knock against him is playoff-wise. Like, I don't even remember the Celtics making, like, the conference finals all that much um, mm. before kind of the big three arrived. Um, and so, like... It was a KG kind of similar situation where the best player he had to play with for the decade was Antoine Walker. Yeah, right. <laughs> and that's, that's, that's the problem, right? And I, I think, for me, he loses some steam for there. Like, the Celtics always felt like they were just there, and... I think it's also partially Paul Pierce's personality just doesn't stand out as much as a Kevin Garnett or Wade or an Iverson or these kind of people. Um, And then I personally didn't find him as kind of um, consistently great to the level of like a Duncan or like a Dirk who do have kind of a milder personality, but are just consistently really, really great. Um, But I mean, Paul Pierce is fantastic. And again, like, once the big three happened, like, 08 to, like, 2010, like, that three-year period, Paul Pierce, phenomenal. Easily, I would argue, in, like, the top ten best players in the league, probably. But, like, he, but like just everything before that um, mm. wasn't enough for me. Okay. Uh, Brendan, where would you put Paul if you had to, just for the sake of our rankings? I'd, I'd say he'd slot him behind McGrady at 12, because I had McGrady at 11. Yep. So, sure. I'd, I'd put him there. Okay. Uh, Logan, if you said your number five player, Paul Pierce was my five. Uh, my number five player was Allen Iverson. Okay. Yeah, me too. So let's go to number four. And I've said mine was LeBron. And I think you guys both had KG. I had mm-hmm. KG at four, yeah. I had KG. Okay. We're moving up quick. Uh, num- my number three was KG. What did you guys have at that number? The Man of Steel. We're yep. talking We're talking. Uh, Big Shaq. <laughs> yep. Big Shaq at, at three. and Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know if you want to lead this one off, Logan. Yeah, I mean, it's Shaquille O'Neal. I mean, it is the big diesel himself, Superman. I mean, he, I think from like, yeah, like 2000 to 2006, I mean, he won four titles in that stretch of time. Um, and the three-peat version of Shaq, I mean, that three-year period of time is among the three most dominant stretches of any basketball players ever had. I mean, just full stop period. Like, his numbers those three years were incredible. Um, I think... 
it's weird. Like, part of me, and there's a whole, like, Bill Simmons thing as well, is that, like, is Shaq the most underrated, like, superstar of all time? And it's just that thing of, I feel like he's almost become, like, a meme jokey, like, character now, especially, like, his, like, appearances on, like, TNT and ESPN and, like, those kind of, like, analyst talk shows. Mm-hmm. Shaquille O'Neal in 2000 and 2001, 2003 was a fucking monster. Like, he yeah, was a just bad man. <laughs> a physical freak of nature, like, in the NBA's never seen. I mean, like, the only comparison to, like, what he was would be, like, Wilt Chamberlain and Bill Russell in the 60s. Like, he was just... And then add, like, 80 pounds on that. Like, he was just unlike anything else. Like... I don't know, like, those, especially, like, in the playoff time, like, he turned it on so well during that three-peat run. Like, he would just, he was putting up bonkers numbers. Like, I was looking at, like, a list of, like, the best NBA Finals uh, performances of, like, all time um, before we started recording, and Shaq had, like, three of the spots in the list, and they're all obviously off from the three-peats. And, like, one of the series, like, one of the final series, he put up, like, 35 points a game. He had, like, 12 rebounds. He had, like... 10 blocks is what he averaged and it's just like he's putting up these banana numbers and it's just like i think what shaq brings if you put that guy directly underneath the the goal and he's just going i mean you can have three guys on top of him and there's no stopping him in his prime right and the knock against shaq is obviously the fact that he tailed off as a decade went on shaq could you know, turn it off a lot of times. Like, he just could not care. Um, he Like, how much he tried in a given season or a given moment could be put into question. Um, and these are all, like, valid. But, like, those three years, Shaq cared very much. And he, like, took care of his body and was in decent enough shape for most of it and really good shape in the first two years that, I mean, physically-wise, he's on that kind of thing. And, like, those three years are the best three years any player had this decade. Mm. Yeah, he's just dominant in every sense of the word. Like yeah. some of these other bigs, like we, we praise Garnett and I'm assuming we're going to praise Tim, Tim Duncan very shortly. Yeah. But, you know, he, he could just manhandle these players. Like he, he yeah. looked like a man against boys in some games. Like actually and, children he's like a player against, yeah. Yeah, like for his size and to be as agile and mobile as he was as well, like seven one what probably 350 pounds or something (laughs) like that he was a mountain of a man and someone we may never see again with that type of sort of physical attributes coupled with just his his ability on the court like i can only imagine what his stats would look like too if he ever worked out how to shoot free throws like (laughs) that was his big achilles heel was just from the stripe like the whole hacker shack thing uh through that era as well become very predominant but yeah, oh, Big Diesel, he was just, he was something special. And yeah, ever since he broke in, in the the magic, I, I always had a big soft spot for him. And he, and he obviously was breaking outside of NBA into into mainstream pop culture with, with film and sort of acting roles and things throughout his career too. So he started to sort of blur these lines of, of athlete and actor, which, which I really liked. Mm. And yeah, he was just—he was just a, a presence on the court, mountain of a man, and yeah, him and him and Kobe together winning winning them chips yeah. like it was dominant. And holy moly, they were great together. Yeah, it's um, it's hard to argue against Shaq, but I'm going to have to because I put him—I I moved him up to my number ten. I've, I've bumped out <laughs> Steve Nash in light of uh, some consideration over the past hour or so. But the reason that I have not put Shaq as high as you guys, apart from the 
weaker tail end to the decade that really dropped off quite heavily after the um, championship in Miami where he was definitely the number two guy mm-hmm. on that team. Um, you guys have penalized players for lack of athleticism, for leaving your team. So I'm going to penalize Shaq for his um, lack of reaching his potential <laughs> yes. and his, um, you know, just his, his moodiness. The Lakers could have won five or six championships over the course of this decade. They could be the greatest team of uh, the past 20 years, but they're not, in my opinion. Um, that would be, I guess, the Spurs, uh, if I ha- or the even the, the Warriors. It's an argument to be made. I think the Lakers fall in behind in that discussion just because they crumbled when they could have figured out something and... You know, Kobe's not innocent in this as well. We'll mm. talk about him soon too. But Shaq was the one that uh, I guess lost. You know, he got traded mm-hmm. or he asked to be traded. However, it worked. And um, one of the conflicts between him and Kobe was his lack of effort and his lack of, you know, being diligent, eating well, training, getting in shape. Much like we saw in The Last Dance, Shaq's a guy that took his opportunity to get surgery at the start of one of their uh, seasons instead of in the off season he said he you know he got hurt on company company time so he's going to rehab on company time and the lakers did go to the finals again in 04 but they couldn't get it done against uh, the pistons team so yeah I, i guess as dominant as he was for especially those three or four years he could have been so much more if he had put in that extra effort. Um, so a- along with the, the I guess, the tail end of the season, uh, sorry, the tail end of the decade where he dropped off significantly and just couldn't stay in shape because of injuries and the lack of effort that I mentioned. That's why I had him so low. And I know that's probably, it's probably, I'll admit it's probably lower than it should be. I probably should have him higher, but you guys have got him high enough to make me feel like he's going to end up where he should in this list. I think yeah, cool. the, the thing for Shaq is that, I mean, unquestionably, he didn't live up to his, like, full potential. Like, if Shaq had been as, like, single-minded and, like, fanatical about it as, jo- I mean, nobody's as much as Jordan, but, like, a Kobe or, <laughs> yeah. like, even, like, KG. a... Yeah, KG, even, like, Wade or LeBron or these kind of guys or Duncan. I mean, I would argue Shaq has at least another ring than the four he already has in this decade um like i don't know like the problem with i'm less convinced that the lakers could really suck around that much longer like i just don't really think it ever really would have worked no matter what between Shaq and kobe like they're just two such strong personalities that i feel like no matter what kobe at some point time is gonna be like i'm tired of being the little brother but Mm. i mean unquestionably it could have ended better um it could have ended more gracefully but that's that's not who Shaquille Shaquille O'Neal is not graceful. I would never use that word to describe him. <laughs> um, and I mean, he's gonna come in big. He's gonna go out big. He's going to just kind of leave and maybe leave some wreckage behind. But man, when Shaq was on, he was on like mm. nobody else. And I would argue, post Jordan, he was the most important player that the league had. Like he helped keep basketball really relevant to a lot of people. And, like, all the way he transcended yeah. basketball to, like, other mediums was so important to keep that interest level up. Um, so, like, he he's 
probably the most important player in the first half of this mm. decade in terms of the league's overall like health and viability. Yeah, I think he was similar to um, as as one person as an entity. Mm-hmm. He was similar to the way people looked at the Spurs, where it was like, how can you beat him? Yeah, like, you just can't. There's no problem. There's no nothing. There's no solution to this problem. He just has you to just have a have bad to, day. Yeah. You have to hope that he misses free throws, basically. It should to, be to slow him down. It should be said, and we'll get to it again when we get to Kobe, which is going to happen soon. I mean, we only have two spots left after this, I guess. But um, he also was on the unquestioned best like single season team of the entire decade. Um, you can either pick the two thousand or the two thousand and one Lakers, but either way, it's those two teams were just incredible. So, yeah, barely dropping a game in the playoffs yeah. as well. Okay, so. My number two is this is tough. This was really, yeah. really tough. The top I'm three sure was it was hard for you me. guys too. Yeah. So I'm just going to preface this by saying, in my rankings of the top ten players of all time, I have Tim Duncan higher than Kobe. Mm. So it was very hard for me to say that I've got Kobe at number one and Duncan at number two. Uh, the reason being, you know, Duncan won a championship in '99. He won a championship in uh, 2014 mm-hmm. his prime in my opinion was longer than Kobe's he was um, relevant for longer than Kobe and like on the floor I know Kobe's cultural phenomenon is, is relevant even to this day but I think Duncan had a bigger impact on his team for a longer period of time and a greater consistency in terms of success Kobe had some down years in kind of the middle of this decade, but that was when he, as an individual, flourished because he didn't have Shaq or Powell there to kind of take shots away. So I guess what I'm saying is, I think Duncan had a better career, but if you just like get rid of those first and last championships for Duncan, you have to give it to Kobe. He, um, you know, We're going to have to be talking about both of these guys mm. in this mm-hmm. section, so I'm just going to do it. But uh, first of all, Duncan... The model of consistency, yeah. 20 and 10 for basically 12 or 13 years in his career, but especially throughout the 2000s, um, playing with a, a couple different versions of this Spurs team with, you know, early years with Robinson. And then you had like the, the next era where they won the championship with Parker and, and Manu um, as, as like kind of greater pieces in, in 2007. They never won back-to-back uh, titles, but yeah. they were there so often and they were just... You could never count them out. You knew they were going to win 50 games every year mm-hmm. and a big part of it was going to be because no one had uh, any solutions similar to, to Shaq to stopping Tim Duncan and to getting past him as an obstacle on the defensive end. He was just consistent. Even the way he talked trash was like just subtle and... Uh, something that would would kind of his his demeanor being so stoic you know kg couldn't get inside his head and so many great players bumped up against tim duncan whether it's dirk kg weber or whoever and they just couldn't get past him so i think that that is why i've got duncan at number two number one kobe for me uh the numbers are amazing it's (laughs) I, I said that that Wade was the the single like he had the season or the pl- the playoff run that was the single closest uh, impersonation of MJ, but Kobe for this decade 
was basically doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, I think it comes down to he won five championships in this period, mm-hmm. which no one else can say. It's one more than Shaq. It's a uh, one more. No, it's it's two more than than Duncan did. And while Kobe wasn't the best player on the first three with Shaq, um, and this again is making me realize I should have put Shaq higher. Um, <laughs> he was definitely it was definitely the star of the second run that had to go up against some really great teams in Boston. And yeah, um, I, I guess Orlando wasn't the greatest opponent for them, but. For, for Kobe to stay Kobe the whole time, he had a lot of ups and downs personally, the conflict with Shaq, the Colorado stuff, and losing Phil Jackson for a period of time. Um, he just kept being Kobe and he kept gunning and he did it more efficiently than guys like AI and T-Mac. And, you know, I, I have taken delight in, you know, shouting down Kobe over the years as a MJ guy and probably more of a LeBron guy, especially towards the end of this decade. I think LeBron at his very best was a, probably a better player than Kobe at the, when, when I, when I st- started getting back into the NBA again in like 2009-10. But for the consistency, it's, it's hard to go past Kobe. So that's my top two. What do you guys have for, for yours? I think we're all the same, aren't we? I've got Kobe 1, Duncan 2 I've for myself Kobe as one, well. Kobe 1, Duncan 2 as well. Yeah. yeah. Wow, we agree. <laughs> and, and, it's, and like they're, they're both just students of the game. Like yeah. um, they both had work ethics that uh, knew no, no limits. And obviously Kobe modeling his game on the back of MJ. And, and yeah, that's, that's sort of a, a discussion that... As as you said, Jono sort of infuriated some some people and fans of the sport that he was trying to to be Michael Jordan, but he ended up becoming Kobe Bryant on the back of this. Like, uh, yeah, they were just both models of consistency for an entire decade. Their their two respective teams were the teams of the the two thousands. Unquestionably, uh, you know, between them, what they they had eight of the titles during that sort of ten year run there. Uh, we got obviously an outlier with with the Pistons coming through with with <laughs> Sheed and, and and Chauncey and and the Blue Collar Boys, but yeah, like like you look at their list of achievements for for this this era, and it is just you know jaw dropping just to see the the All Star reference, the NBA like the MVPs, the scoring championships, the defense that they both played, like. I just love the way they both attack the game uh, and, and their their passion is, is something that is a testament to both those players and, and sort of how that how they were perceived on and off the court as yeah, discussions for different days for various reasons, but they were just talents and um you know, freakish talents and just just players I loved watching. Like as 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 I said, sort of I, I prefer watching the the big guys doing highlight poster dunks, but then these two were, were a bit different than that. Obviously, Kobe took to the air a lot more than, than someone like uh, Mr. Meat and Potatoes, Tim Duncan, but um, talents on and off the court. Um, I, I loved watching both their respective teams and how they played and how they how they sort of transitioned into being the, the, the lead dog of their teams. Like, obviously, Duncan had to fall on the back of David Robinson and, and sort of he outplayed david robinson in that um in that sort of oh three run there and you sort of could see the the handing of the torch from from um robinson to to duncan 
and then obviously yeah kobe getting out from from big shack's shadow and, and things like that but just just very special players obviously yeah we we fortunately unfortunately lost kobe early this year so his legacy is going to be seen a little bit differently i think now that it's all in retrospect and, and now that he's obviously no longer amongst us which is which is a massive tragedy but mm-hmm. yeah two two students of the game and i can't wait to see tim duncan end up becoming a head coach for some team in the, mm. in the near future because his mind is is mm. one of the best the sport's seen in 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 my lifetime at the very least yeah i mean i echo everything brendan just said um it's tim duncan and kobe bryant are i mean they're both top 10 players of all time um like these are two players who are just so elite at every aspect of their games um in two very different ways um they're they're like i think so obviously the two best players this decade um they're like polar opposites in a lot of ways um which i find really fascinating tim i mean like tim duncan is great tim duncan's a phenomenal player I constantly go back and forth in my like overall all-time ranking of who I think is better between Kobe and Duncan. Um, I flipped them numerous times. Uh, Jonah eventually got me to like convince that Duncan is better than Shaq, so I finally like made that <laughs> leap of faith, and now I just go back and forth over who's better between Duncan and Kobe. But for me, this decade ultimately the edge goes to Kobe because. He was just such a cultural force this decade. Um, like he was omnipresent. Even when he wasn't performing well in the playoffs, was when, like Brennan said, he flourished as an individual. I mean, like he, his '06 season is just silly numbers. Like they're just. I mean, it is the single best yeah. scoring season outside of MJ and Harden. I mean, though it is right there. Um, and so he just went off and after Shaq and before kind of the, the Lakers got everything back together for the Oh nine and 10 titles. I mean, it was just Kobe just absolutely wiling out on that court and just getting 30 buckets, 40 buckets, 50 buckets a night. Right. Like the, his Oh six season where he averaged almost 36 points a game for the season um, was the season where he had the 81 point game. Uh, he mm-hmm. averaged 40 points for an entire month um like he he was just absolutely ridiculous right and it's a weird thing for me these two players because if you ask me to like pick which one i want to build a like franchise around for 20 years my answer is different than if you give me like a five-year period it's different than if you give me like one season or one game like yeah they're each just so diverse in what kind of player and what kind of place all they have but i mean there's no wrong answer to who's the best out of Kobe and Duncan for me, ultimately I pick Kobe because Kobe is just, he is a like Shakespeare play over like an 18 year like career with all of like the highs, the lows, the tragedy, um, like the sore and epic kind of heroic moments. Um, I mean, even down to I mean, this obviously is in this decade, like even down to like his last game, like his, his career is just this bizarre storybook, like romantic version of a basketball player's career. Um, and he's not MJ, obviously, but what he carved out and kind of emulating and following his idol was something absolutely extraordinary. So, yeah. All right. I'm glad that we could agree on those top two. 
if nothing yep. else. <laughs> but I've assembled uh, I'm ready, averages yeah. for uh, the top 10. So do you want me to start at 10 or start at number one? Let's go 10 to one. Okay. So number 10, T-Mac. Oh, there we go. With, a, with, a, with an average score of uh, like, I think it was like 9.6. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> then it goes Nash, mm-hmm. Dwayne Wade, Dirk Nowitzki, LeBron James and Iverson tied, but I'm going to give Iverson the advantage because you guys both had him ranked higher okay. than LeBron. So Iverson ends up at five, yeah? Mm, yes. That's perfect, on the uh, money. Yeah. Uh, Shaq at number four. Mm-hmm. That's probably the controversial Yeah, so part. KG yeah. Uh, falls KG up to three him. for you. Yeah, so then my top three remains in place of KG, Duncan, Kobe. Mm. So... I think that it's a list that... I don't know. How do you guys feel about it? I, I feel I'm good. super happy with it. Yeah. yeah. It's a solid list. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think this worked out well. <laughs> that, that 10 spot could be, as we said, a half Literally a dozen 10 players. guys. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, it's T-Mac. I, had, I mentioned Nash first off the top. Paul Pierce is around there. Mm-hmm. Weber... And Dwight, obviously, Ray Jason Kidd, Ray I don't Allen. Know. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, and then, and then we've got can... the next episode we're doing is going to be eleven to twenty mm-hmm. of this decade, so we'll have a chance to go over some of those guys. And you know, there's it gets a bit harder because then you do have people that played kind of like five years Chris or, Paul. or or something like yeah, Gilbert Arenas, like who had a you know up and down career but had three years in this decade that were absolutely yeah. just bonkers numbers. So. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see where guys like, you know, Chauncey and even like Brandon Roy or Rashid Vince Wallace, Carter, yeah. Pal, Pal Gasol, like where these guys fit mm-hmm. in. Um, Yao Ming, another one who, you know, <laughs> injuries kind of come in and, and kind of make things difficult, but they dominate for a shorter period of time. So, yeah, I think there's a bit more room for nuance and debate mm-hmm. in the 11 to 20. So yeah. you can look forward to that in your uh, podcast feeds after this one. But for now, Brendan, do you want to give the, the, the merch a bit of a plug? Yeah, sure, sure. Special Hoop Dreams stuff Ooh. coming out. But before I talk merch, I got to say, I do find it strange that we're doing 11 to 20 after 10 to 1. I don't know who, who came up with this scale. I thought we'd sort of work our way to the big banana. But anyway, that's, uh, that's my airing of grievances. But yeah, if you want to head on over to uh, shop8bit.net, it is our official web store. You can get t-shirts, caps, hoodies, socks, thongs towels you name it you can deck out your entire entire house or apartment with uh, 8-bit related merch and there is some hoop dreams related swag up there now so we've got a pocket tee and we've also got a hoodie well on its way and also a couple of cap options and uh, on the back of that every dollar our web store or our patreon uh, generates between now and july 31 is going directly towards charities that are going to help and um, sort of show our support regarding the current situation in regards to, to Black Lives Matter, not only in the United States, but also abroad and locally here in Australia. So we are going to be distributing every single dollar we make between now and July 31 to charities and places in need just to try and do what we can to uh, help sort of uh, magnify what is going on because, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to see that it looks like real change is finally occurring after years years of blind eye 
and uh, you know people just being ignorant to what's happening on the daily. So uh, hopefully this is a positive step in the right direction. And uh, yeah, if you, if you can throw some money behind us, great. That's the best way to do it because your money is going to go to a fantastic cause. But uh, just be sure to uh, keep educated on the situations going on. Just just take the time to read and understand what is happening all over the world and do what you can to try and make some positive change. Fantastic. All right. Agreed. So if people want to let us know about our top 10, where mm-hmm. we messed up, where we hit the money. Uh, you can let us know on social media. Brendan, where can people find you? Uh, I can be found at Brendan8Bit and you can find us as a collective at we are 8 bit Logan? Uh, you can find me at Lefty Logie and at That Nerdy Site. Fantastic. And you can catch me at Jono himself. I don't know when exactly this is coming out, but as kind of a, a spin-off of Hoop Dreams, Brendan, myself, and Matt Tilby have just done a Space Jam comedy rewind. So you can go <laughs> and listen to that if you want to hear more of our basketball takes in a a bit of a a lighter goofier manner so uh, thanks again dear listeners for joining us and uh hoop fans as always keep dreaming much love